Warning, the following podcast contains strong language. Listener discretion is advised. So, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars on Sunday. And almost instantaneously, yet another skirmish in the perpetual, undeclared, uncivil civil war between Black men and Black women has reunited anew. No one knows how the war started. No one even understands why the war keeps going on. But the war persists. So tonight, I'm going to talk about the uncivil civil war between black men and black women. My commentary will be just that commentary. You can agree or disagree. It is completely up to you. But in the wake of yet another battle, it has to be talked about. Because if it isn't, yet again, another opportunity to try to figure out exactly why this war is going on in the first place will go passing through our fingers. Before I was born, there, were black, there was black unity like I would have never known. In fact, some of my earliest memories were of that black unity. There were problems between black men and black women, but they stayed out of the spotlight because there was no social media. You had to hear rumors and things like that to even realize that something was wrong. But now, everything is out in the open. Every single instance is yet another opportunity for black men to black to bash black women and black women to bash black men. I don't know if I could solve this problem. It's been here longer than I even knew. And it is something that I don't think we can go back from. But I do know this. If Black people as a whole are going to get anywhere in this world, we must first try to at least understand why is it that there is so much animosity between Black men and Black women. So tonight, I will be talking about the undeclared uncivil civil war between black men and black women. And I will be trying to make something out of it. My name is Thomas Bishop. I am known as the villain. Welcome to enemy of the state.
this may very well be one of the most difficult episodes of this podcast that I will probably ever do. <clears throat> but it is also the one that I will probably need the most. Because I have never understood why black men and black women have such a problem with each other. Not always, not always. But I wanna play you something. This is from Iyanla Fix My Life. And it's called, cause it's on YouTube, Coro's Emotional Plea. Don't view black men as the enemy. So here it is. They get mad. You wanna think you're mad? I'm mad too. Mm. There's a lot of anger inside of me. What about us? Black women talk about me, me, me. What about us black men? We go through stuff too. We're tired of hearing the same thing of, oh, we're independent women. We're independent this, we're independent that. I'm independent too. We have a lot in common. You have this imaginary wall around you. I don't know who damaged you. And me being a black man, I have to suffer for what somebody did to you that has nothing to do with me. I'm not the enemy. I get that a lot from black women that we're the enemy, we're liars, cheaters, we're dogs. Diary of a mad black man. I have a journal I keep. And then when I show this side to women, they think it's, it's a weakness. This is not a weakness, it's actually a strength. But then when I show this to you, to black women, you don't know how to receive it. Yeah. Because you're so used to being abused. It makes it hard for me to get to know this. So I'm gonna start off by saying this. I do believe that black people in America suffer from a level of PTSD bigger than anything I've ever seen or anything I've ever read about. We carry our traumas with us. We constantly do. There have been bright points. There has been great technological strides. There has been beauty, music, art, food. But that pain, that trauma permeates it. And it is passed on. It's passed on from the elders to their kids, who then pass it on to their kids, who then pass it on to their kids. Nobody knows where it came from. Well, we all have, we all know where it came from, but it has been so ingrained in us that it's almost like a, a permanent birthmark the cost that we pay to be black in america now i am not going to pick a side in this i just want to talk about what i have seen and how it has affected me because i am a black man in america which means i inherited that trauma 
But let me tell you what I have seen growing up. I'm a huge fan of history. So I read all about Black people from a very young age. The Harlem Renaissance, Black Wall Street, Rosewood, Medgar Evers, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Stokely Carmichael, Angela Davis, the Black Panther Party. Black is beautiful. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. My sister, when I was a kid, had a uh, poster of the Isley Brothers. And this was not the two-man group that everybody knows them to be now. No, this was the full band. You know, these gruff, big, strong-looking Black men. And they were Afroed out. They had permed hair out to the way, but they looked so beautiful. They looked like they truly loved being beautiful. Like they were black and they were beautiful and they were so strong. And then I got a chance to listen to some of the music. Um, Curtis Mayfield, Teddy Pendergrass, Isaac Hayes, the Commodores, Earth, Wind and Fire, Diana Ross, the Supremes, Marvin Gaye. And through those melodies, I saw the artistry, just the pure artistry of Black people at our zenith, at our best. My mother was the biggest fan of James Brown I think I've ever seen. That woman loved her some damn James Brown. She loved the shit out of that man. Um, and she used to say that James Brown was like one of the greatest entertainers she'd ever seen. I got to looking at James and I saw what my mother was talking about. That man commanded the stage. I listened to Aretha talking about R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. The Four Tops, The Temptations. Our legacy was always, our outward appearance was always of strength and beauty and class, fun. It was always a pride. Now I understand, there were facades behind all of it. I am not naive enough to believe that these people were all perfect because they weren't. In no way, shape, form, or fashion were they, per they per perfect. But they were presented to us as the strong, beautiful Black people. Nina Simone, beautiful, strong Black woman. And then we went back a little bit. The Lena Horns, the Ella Fitzgeralds, Josephine Bakers, the Harry Belafontes, the Sidney Poitiers. My name is Mr. Tibbs. James Earl Jones with that booming voice. Everybody knows him as Darth Vader, but that man commanded that voice. Our actors were bigger than life. Our comedians were bigger than life. Red Fox, Richard Pryor. We were good. And again, 
we saw that that wasn't the whole picture, but when we saw it, it made us proud of it. And then I got a little older. I realized that my mother and father's relationship wasn't as solid as I thought it was. And for a long time, I blamed myself. But I've blamed myself for a lot of things. I watched as my father walked away the first time. I was 89 years old. After he moved us back up from Memphis, he was gone. From there, I watched my struggling mother get us into Section 8 apartment, Roanoke Ridge. And she found a job all the way out in Overland Park, Kansas. She had to take two buses, three buses to get there. And this was right around 83, 84. So crack was just about to become a problem in the black community. Ronald Reagan was giving out the Morning in America speech. And I remember an old black couple selling crack cocaine and weed out of the back of their house to supplement their social security. The first time I ever heard about a murder, I was in ninth grade. My, next, my cousin's next door neighbor was dating a Cuban man. It was a black woman, beautiful black woman, who this Cuban man used to beat on her. And one day, you know, it was about a week, my cousin hadn't seen her neighbor. Well, three or four days in, she realized that there was this horrible smell in her apartment in their building. Nobody could figure out what it was. They thought it was rotted trash or whatever. She goes knocking on her, her neighbor's door and no answer. So my cousin goes over, gets the manager. Manager goes in, opens the door. And here's this beautiful black woman decomposing in the apartment. The Cuban boyfriend had cut her head almost off, was hanging on by few strands of muscle and some meat. And I didn't see any of this. But when I got home, I got off the bus, my cousin Lorraine is right there, she's freaking out. And I saw the body bag come out. I was 15 the very first time I had any interaction with a crackhead, a person who was smoking crack. Guy tried to sell me stereo equipment while I stood on a bus stop. So yeah, there was that. But something else changed in that. Sure, the music changed. We had hip hop. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Grandmaster Flash, Cool Mo D. Um, this was right before the Native Tongues came around with De La Soul, Queen Latifah, Jungle Brothers, stuff like that. But you could see the change. Our inward scars were starting to come out. And I noticed that while we changed, America started to change how it saw Black folk. 
you know, the idea of black communities being hell on earth did not start when Donald Trump said it. Chicago was not the flash word that it is right now, but in the eighties is where it got its reputation. So while these scars were starting to be shown on the outside, something else changed as well. How we viewed each other. For some reason, black men went from calling black women their queens and they say, hey sister, what's going on sister, to bitches and hoes. We don't love them hoes, fuck them hoes, fuck them bitches. Black men became ain't shit. I heard this in my own family. Men ain't shit, black men ain't shit. Every time you turn around, they dogging, black men ain't shit. And mind you, I was a young man. I was a kid growing to become a man. And I often thought over and over, am I gonna be an ain't shit man? Is that, is that gonna be me? I saw the pain in my mother's eyes after my father left. I saw that pain come back every single time he did. My father goes and marries another woman. You know, my father was a bigamist. There's no reason for me to even try to lie about it. My father was a bigamist. He married another woman. And I heard how he dogged my mother. Y'all live in the projects. Y'all live with the wretches and roaches and you over there with them other niggas. That was my dad. That was my dad. Something had changed. Black folks stopped protecting each other. And I mean, we took our cues from Hollywood and sports and things of that nature, but even our Hollywood actor heroes were failing. Our sports heroes were failing. You know, Magic Johnson didn't get AIDS from, you know, wishing upon a star. Robin Givens accused Mike Tyson of beating her up. And the sides were drawn. He ain't beat that bitch up. He ain't beat that bitch up. Mm-hmm, Mike a damn thug. That's what happens when you marry thugs. I started to notice that a lot, a lot. I watched the elders who were the purveyors of black love and black pride start to mm -mm -mm, point the finger and tick, tick, and poo poo. These descendants of it. I watched the black church talk so much about how crack was the devil, but not really doing much to fight that devil either. I'll never forget uh, the church my mom went to. Crackhead came into the church on Sunday evening because we had a long ass evening service. And the pastor of the church telling me because I was young and I was bigger than, than everybody to go and kick this man out. And all the man wanted was food. At some point, black people started to bear more than just the weight of history. We started to bear the weight of other people's expectations. 
if we didn't live up to your stereotype, there was something wrong. Then we turned on ourselves. Now, again, I am no expert. I'm not some clinical psychologist. I'm not some journalist with 30 years of watching. I'm just simply a black man who watched it happen. I watched the beginnings. And yes, there was a heroin over, there was a heroin fucking thing in the 70s. But we didn't have social media back in the 70s, did we? So heroin sins in New York didn't mean shit to heroin users in Kansas City. And those heroin users in Kansas City didn't mean shit to the heroin users in Los Angeles. Nobody cared. You just heard about it through the news, newspapers, CBS, NBC, ABC, the only three channels we had at the time. But somewhere along the way, Black folks lost our way. We broke. We broke under it. I don't know why. I still don't know. All I can tell you about is the result. Every single situation involving Black people is yet another chance for us to tear each other down. Every time. Mike Tyson was accused of sexually assaulting a black woman. Well, a whole lot of black men that said he didn't. There was a whole lot of black women that said he did. And then the infighting happened. It always, see, the uncivil civil war always goes like this. There's an incident involving a black person. Then there's the discussion amongst black people about that incident. The battle lines are drawn, especially if it's a black man versus a black woman or two black men, what have. And from there, there's minor skirmishes, but the initial skirmish is the initial incident. The initial skirmish is always the initial incident. And we always come out with the heaviest artillery against each other, always. But why? I don't know if black men have a validity believing that black women ain't shit. I don't understand it. I don't. Be the first person to tell you that. Now, I have always dated size. I've never dated race. A woman 200 pounds and above was what attracted me. So I've dated all kinds of women across the spectrum. But there was a time where you couldn't even speak on black issues if you dated somebody who was not black couldn't do it oh well what you look like uh talking about some shit motherfucker you married a white woman did that negate my skin color oh you know she ain't number the bed winch you know she married her a white man does that negate her history? We found any reason to go after each other. Any bad experience added fuel to the war. Black man has a bad date with a black woman. It happens. Shit, they make fucking white television shows off the shit. But not us. 
black men started to go, well, why I got to pay for everything? Why can't, why can't she pay for everything? Black women. Well, you just must be cheats because you don't know how to do things. You don't know how to take care of a woman. I would take care of da-da-da-da-da. Black men went after black single mothers as if we were not the reason they were single mothers in the first place. A lot of black women used that rejection of black men because they had children as fuel to reject them. But let's look at that. Let's look at that, that dichotomy right there. It's the hyper-masculinity for black men and the need to show strength for black women. See, when black men and black women were in the Black Panther Party, you never had to ask whether or not a sister was belonged there. Never did. Panther Party would tell you. They would tell you. They celebrated Asada Shakur, Angela Davis, and uh, Kathleen Cleveland, and Cleveland, uh, Eldridge. Excuse me. They celebrated the strength of Black womanhood, the beauty of Black womanhood. Hip hop made that uh, impossible to do. And I will say, yes, it started to change once it went out West. Common was right. A whole different vibe. Beautiful sisters went to went from being beautiful sisters to bitches. And don't misunderstand me, I am guilty of it as well. I'm not sitting here as some sort of moralist. I am guilty of saying that as well. So in response, men ain't shit, niggas ain't shit, black men ain't shit. And it just escalated from there. So black men stopped seeing black women as equals and started to see them as opposition. Like I've never had a problem with a black man dating outside of his race, never have. But I, like myself, I never needed to find a reason to do so. I dated who the fuck I was attracted to. I never had to come up with a dissertation why I'm not dating a black woman. Just like I never had to come up with a dissertation why I'm not dating a white woman, an Asian woman, or a Latina woman when I was dating a black woman. I was married to a black woman. My children are by black women. I never needed a dissertation as to exactly why I dated who I wanted to. But then it became, well, black women are blah, blah, blah. The fuck is that? You could date who you want without ever degrading black women in the process. So who do I think is most responsible for the uncivil civil war? It is equally on both sides. It is incident followed by retaliation. There are no good guys in it. There are broken men and super strong but tired women. And neither side is appreciating the flaws of the other, the strengths of the other. 
So let me make that perfectly clear. Just because I am a black man does not mean that I am going to side with black men because I know some of the fuck shit y'all have done because I have done it as well. Just because my wife is white does not mean I do not sympathize with what black women have had to put up with, including from men like me. A lot of the skirmishes in the uncivil civil war between black men and black women are reactionary on the black woman's part. Extremely reactionary. Black women do not feel protected in this world. They don't. Black women do not feel cherished in this world. Malcolm X said it himself. Black, the black woman is the most underprotected woman in America. Maybe the world. And I have seen how that unprotectedness, being naked, emotionally naked, not physically, but emotionally naked to the world has had to turn black women into super soldiers because they had to react. What'd you expect them to do? They had no protection. But here's the funny part. The ones who should have protected them, black men, we were dealing with our own issues. It wasn't that black men didn't love black women, far the fuck from it. I think black men did not understand black women. They didn't see the beauty in them. We lost sight of the, the teachings of our elders when it came to black women. So black women have been out here naked, out by themselves, fighting against the world, fighting against white men expectations, fighting against white women thievery, just stealing everything that they do and then turning it into their own. And black men are dealing with our own traumas. We're dealing with the expectations of always being looked at as something other than the intelligent, strong black men that we are. So we end up on both sides turning on each other. Black men blame black women for their brokenness. They blame black women for not understanding their struggle. Black women blame black men for their naked vulnerability in a world where there are always going to be looked at as less than. So we went after everything, both sides. We went after everything. It did not matter what it was. Our finances, our physical appearance, where we live, what we drove, what we wore, what we ate. We went after each other the same way we've had to go after other people that have come into our communities and have harmed our communities. You see, you give black people an enemy to fight, you will see a unification like you would not believe. We have the ability to be able to tear down anything that stands in front of us united. Make no mistake, Martin Luther King did not do a damn thing by himself. And Martin Luther King also did not do any damn thing without black women involved. 
in the highest echelons and as foot soldiers. The civil rights movement was not won by one man. But somewhere along the way, the world turned the pressure up on us. You know, it wasn't enough that somehow mysteriously cocaine got into the inner city along with the guns that got into the inner city. But we had to start picking at each other because of it. Reputations got pushed into it by the mainstream of America, the racism that is runs through almost every other, every other demographic. It's funny that my Latino and Spanish speaking brothers and sisters can tell you about family members who do not like black folks. They do not like the Negro. It is funny how stereotypes that were invented in America can spread through the Asian community. Even some of our own African brothers and sisters from the continent believe some of the stereotypes that they have heard about us. So even in that regard, we don't even have protection against stereotypes by, uh, brought to you by other marginalized people. We don't even have a defense against that. Hated, misused, mistreated, abused, all we had was us. So naturally, if you are fighting battles on every fucking side, you are just surrounded by misrepresentation, stereotypes, miseducation, things of that nature, you will eventually think you have two ways out of it. You continue fighting until your body gives in, or you take yourself out. And I believe that's where this is has become. You tack in social media. You tack in um, even the bitches ain't shit rappers have now grown up and gotten wives and kids. Think about this for just a second. Ice Cube has been with the same black woman for decades. Snoop Dogg has been with the exact same black woman, his wife, for decades. But they were the ones. They were younger. Bitches ain't shit. I will never forget the uproar that Ice Cube got from his first album, America's Most Wanted, where he did the line, um, was it getting a gaffled? Not gaffled. Uh, yeah, was the song where he talked about kicking a pregnant woman in her tummy. I'll never forget the fucking outrage from that shit. Never. Black women were fucking outraged about that. Outraged. And there were black men, it's like, oh, it's just words. Y'all don't protect us. Skirmishes. Social media did not make anything better at all. Social media, in fact, made it worse because it's not just, oh, I can say this on a record. Now I get to make videos about this shit. And the generations that came behind us, I am a Gen Xer, born in 1971. So the generation that I'm talking about are the ones that were raised on 80s, late 80s, early 90s hip hop. So we know the misogyny that ran 
rampant throughout the music. The video vixen. That was what we were focused on. Black men wanted the video vixen. And the video vixen was always light. Wasn't a whole lot of dark video vixens. Contrary to whatever the fuck you want to believe. Lupia Nyong'o, Lupia Nyong'o from Black Panther and Us, they would have dogged her back in the day. That's a beautiful black sister. That is a beautiful woman. They would have dogged the shit out of her back in the day. I know because I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. I dated one of the darkest women. She was out of Portsmouth, Virginia. And I will never forget some of the conversations that we had about how she was called darky by kids in her own class. All the boys pulled her pigtails. They called her darky. They said she looked like a uh, dominoes and this, that, and the third. She had to hear that growing up. So she was very self-confident. I mean, self, her self-esteem was very low when it came to her skin color. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Then you had the sellouts. Let me go ahead and say this out loud, probably for the first time ever. No black person was cheering because OJ Simpson killed two white people. Because OJ Simpson made his indication on the black community very, very fucking clear back when they were pro the black athletes were getting ready to boycott the Olympics. Mar uh, Muhammad Ali had been stripped of his title because he wouldn't go to Vietnam and Jim Brown and all these other athletes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, you know, they came together to protest in solidarity and they went to OJ Simpson. And OJ said that famous line that's in the very first, the very first line out of the story of OJ uh, on that Jay-Z 444 album. This is true. This is a true statement. When approached, OJ was like, I'm not black, I'm OJ. So black folks didn't fuck with OJ after that. We loved him as a football player, but why nobody in the, in the black community giving a fuck about OJ's ass at all? And OJ didn't give a fuck about us in the black community. You think OJ gave a fuck? No, he wasn't down for any black causes. You didn't see O.J. Simpson out there talking about what happened to Rodney King because O.J. didn't give a fuck. But then two white people end up dead. And the late, great Johnny Cochran came up with a brilliant strategy, damn brilliant strategy, bring O.J. home. O.J. one of us now. Now, understand, I personally didn't give a fuck about OJ. Didn't then, don't now. Sorry. I don't, I don't get to see a documentary on black protest in the, in the 60s and then have, and I wish I could remember that man's name. Him going to OJ Simpson and OJ Simpson saying, I'm not black, I'm OJ. That motherfucker's never gotten any support to me from me. Fuck his big head ass. And OJ made goddamn sure that he flaunted the wealth that white folks gave him. He was the acceptable Negro. 
long before the Christian Walkers and the Herschel Walkers and other people, OJ was the acceptable Negro. Dig a little deeper, you start hearing the story about what Harry Belafonte said to Eartha Kitt about always dating a white woman. Then you hear stories about how black actresses were treated by black actors. So it wasn't new, it just wasn't talked about. But let me get back to OJ, let me get back to OJ. So Johnny Cochran comes up with the most brilliant idea ever, bring OJ home, he gonna, go, he gonna be black again. Real people didn't accept that motherfucker. So he goes on trial for killing two white folks. So the cheers you heard when the OJ Simpson verdict was read had nothing to do with OJ. That was black folks collective aha to white people who always said that the, the justice system is fair. So your cousin Pookie got uh, uh, three strikes uh, for holding on to a marijuana joint after having two felonies. Well, the justice system's fair. Thousands of black bodies sitting in prison right now, male and female, for 20, 30, 40, 50 years for holding on to cocaine. What do white people say? Personal responsibility. You guys, it's your fault. You know, the system's fair. Then a black guy kills two white people and gets away with it. All that cheering you saw, it had nothing to do with OJ Simpson. That was the collective of black people saying, we told you this fucking system wasn't fair, didn't we? You do understand that. We tried to tell you this fucking system wasn't fair in the first place. You did not listen. And now it bit you in the ass. Congratulations. Money talks. Bullshit runs the marathon. But anyway. So you had the OJ Simpsons of the world. They wouldn't put no skin in the game. Black issues, there you fuck. The only issue they gave a, fuck, gave a fuck about was the money. Yet another layer on that war. Because a lot of the people that were talking that had white wives. Oh yeah. You would be surprised how many older black celebrities have white spouses. But what happened was that became like a status symbol. Got to shit on a black woman. Got to get you a white girl. You got some money in your pocket, better get a white girl. I've heard that. I've heard that. Black men dogging black women, which just makes their armor stronger. They're a little less, a little more cut off from the world because now you have this wasn't enough to date a white woman. It was, I'm gonna date a white woman and I'm gonna shit on black women and tell them exactly why I don't wanna date them. Oh, well, you're a, you a single mother. We're not gonna address the fact that a black man had to sleep with her in order to make her a, black, uh, a single mother. But black women did, black women did. They had to build this almost Hulk buster armor around themselves because again, Black women are out here vulnerable. They do not feel protected. Black men love, they hate every part of white patriarchy, white supremacy, except it's patriarchy, excuse me. 
They hate every aspect of white supremacy except it's patriarchy. Cheating became a normal motherfucking thing. Black women expected it out of black men. Another recrimination. Another nail in that uncivil war. Another one. We stopped seeing ourselves as kings and queens. A lot of brothers went the, went the uh, religious route, which a lot of sisters will tell you they just used so that they could make black women submit. Because for some reason, the biggest problem that black men have, or a lot that some black men have with black women is the fact that they are too masculine and they will not submit. But when you tell them that our, our we descend, we have descended from people where that didn't even happen because there was no Bible there. Equality has always been a part of African culture. Oh, well, you know, I ain't African. I'm, I'm, I'm black in America. So you have vulnerable black men putting on a facade. You have vulnerable black women putting on armor and we're butting heads, which brings me to the slap. This is not gonna be a show on the slap. It's not, but we all know what happened. Chris Rock, Chris Rock made an insensitive joke. Will Smith hit him in the mouth. Those are the facts. How this became a uh, protect black women, black men don't get pussy whipped argument, I will never understand. I won't. How can you call that protecting black women when we fight against toxic masculinity and that's an example of it? this toxic idea that men have to take on other men. How can you say anything about black men don't be pussy whipped when this had absolutely nothing to do with that? People are saying that, well, some black men are saying that Jada manipulated Will. Some black women are saying Chris manipulated Will. by disrespecting Jada. All I saw was a millionaire hit another millionaire because one millionaire made a bad joke about a millionaireess. But yet it's another reason. Another reason to have another skirmish in the uncivil civil war. We have taken chunks out of each other. Black men and black women have said some shit to each other that you will probably never be able to take back. You never will. I mean, think about that. Black women have been called bitches and hoes by men who go home to black women. Have black women in their motherfucking house. How do you justify that? 
Black men have been called cheating, dogs, ain't shit by black women who go home to their husbands and their fathers and their uncles that they love that have always taught them things. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you wrap your mind around that? How do you reconcile your mind with that? We have taken chunks out of each other, big ass chunks. And every consecutive generation after us, they have more ammunition and they make it worse. I cannot possibly tell you where the war started. I don't know. I have no fucking idea where the war started. None. I do not know. I know I have been both a victim and a perpetrator of the uncivil civil war between black men and black women. I can tell you about all the shitty men my sisters and cousins dated and how they just dogged the fuck out of them on both sides. Shitty men coming over to do shitty men things, thinking with they dick, what have you. And broken women dogging the fuck out of them and, and blaming literally the entirety of black manhood on these shitty ass men while other men, young men like myself, have to wonder, are we going to be an ain't shit man? But I suspect if I was a woman, I'd be able to tell you. Am I going to be the bitch or the hoe that these black men are talking about? Our expectations of each other are just warped. I describe it like this. American history is American history. But for some reason, Black people, our vision of American history is always a little bit off canter, just a tad bit. Not as much as everybody else's. I mean, everybody else's is kind of straight for the most part. Ours is just a little bit off canter. It's off, off a little to the left or the right. And because our vision is a little bit cantered, a little bit, you know, tilted, we see, we see America. We see the people of America, we see our people, and we see ourselves through that tilt. Just a tad bit. That's why I said, when we have a unified, when we have a common enemy to fight, when we're unified, we are unfucking stoppable But then when the war is over, when the, the fight has already been ceased and we win, we go after each other. Black men want all the credit. Black women just stayed back. That's what they say. Black women should get the credit because they were on the front lines. Black men didn't do shit. That's what they say. We are perfect when we have a common enemy. But when we don't have one, we're kind of like America. America's good for a war. War there, shit, we're there. Bombs, troops, money, tanks, whatever the fuck we need. We don't do really well in peacetime. We don't have the fuck to do with ourselves. All that money that we spend for the bombs, the tanks, the troops, the, 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 you know, warfare, everything. We don't know how to spend it on ourselves, how to fix ourselves, how to fix our country, how to fix the roads that we live in or the dams or the bridges. That's what black folks are like. Give us a common enemy. 
law enforcement and they're, they're the over militarization of law enforcement we got you we are on it we are on it like a hornet we will fuck you up we will march we'll protest and it will burn this bitch to the ground if we have to racism in sports racism in entertainment racism in politics we are on that motherfucker we are on it we will fuck you up we will organize mobilize and be there in your fucking face chanting but when we have no unified enemy to fight, we turn on ourselves. We're not like America. America don't know what to do with itself. We do. We go after each other. And we break each other down. We break each other down. We make it easier for other communities to look down upon ourselves because your enemy does not need any motherfucking ammunition that you don't already give them. Motherfucker got one bullet and I got a hundred. He will never know I got a hundred bullets. He will never know. I'll pop his ass one at a time. Just be wondering where the fuck is he getting all these bullets from? But if I hand, I got a hundred bullets, he got one and I give him 50 of mine. Now he has 51 bullets to my 50, which means he will get the very last shot. The stereotypes that most uh, fucking uh, racist white folks use today come from us. When black men say black women ain't shit and bitches and hoes, how the fuck we gonna get mad when Don Imus does it? We started it. When black women call black men dogs and they will fuck everything that moves, don't be fucking surprised when you get a bunch of white women who see them as nothing more than sex objects or animals or beasts. We give our enemies ammunition to hate us because of the way we fight against ourselves. And it, it does, it never takes, it does not take anything. It does not matter. It does not take anything. A famous person does some shit that another famous, look at Chris Brown and Rihanna. Under any fucking circumstance, any other circumstance, that is a domestic violence, assault, period, end of discussion. Look at her fucking face. Look at his hand. The end. But under the prism of the uncivil civil war, black women, look at her fucking face. Chris Brown is wrong. He's an animal. Look what the fuck he did. Black men. Well, what does she do to start it? Because you know how black women are. Y'all push a black man to the edge and da-da-da-da-da. When in actuality, if we looked at just the facts on the fucking ground, Chris Brown beat up Loriana, period. There's nothing else to be fucking said. It is an open and shut conversation. But through the prism of the Civil War, it's a cause to go after each other. R. Kelly attacked our children and i heard i again i will never forget being on the fucking source message board back in the day never forget it especially after the art the first r kelly tape came out i will never forget that shit i wanted that motherfucker to go after Aaliyah, and there were a whole lot of black men and black women who said the same fucking thing. They looked at the realism. They re looked at the realistic fucking facts on the ground. 
R. Kelly attacked our children. He went after young, impressionable black girls. We were being called sellouts, Uncle Toms, and a person trying to bring down a, a powerful black man by both black men, black men and black women. Never forget that shit. I watched a brother call a black woman a stone bitch because she said R. Kelly was a nasty motherfucker. He said, and you a stone ass funky bitch. I read it and I was like, yo, what the fuck? Where did you come up? What is that? When did that ever become sexy? Bill Cosby had his own defenders. Now, mind you, he was old guard. He was the 50s, 60s guy. He was black as beautiful, black. As, but you know where fucking Bill Cosby put his motherfucking foot in his goddamn mouth? When he took his ass to the NAACP, the 50th anniversary of Brown v. Board of Education, and made that infamous pound cake speech, had he sat his ass the fuck down, no, I guarantee you the shit that was already being talked about or, uh, uh, Bill Cosby, which is something every fucking body knew, it would not have been as magnified as it was by the time his ass fell. Now he's a fucking predator. He's always been a goddamn predator. Y'all just trying to bring down another powerful black man. He was getting ready to buy NBC. No, he wasn't. And it still didn't stop him from being a fucking predator. But even in that, even in that, now, to this day, there are black women that have wrote Bill Cosby to fuck off, rightfully so. And there are black men who still defend him based on the looks of some of these women, including the black women that he did this to. That bitch too ugly to be fucking. Ain't no way he did that. What the, what? But again, that's that cantered, askew view. Every skirmish is a reason for the war to reignite every skirmish, no matter how small, from Tupac, who was accused of sexual assault and was convicted. And this is not me talking bad about Tupac, but I'm gonna tell y'all something about Tupac. Tupac, before he went to jail, made one of the greatest albums he will ever make. Everybody always talks about Machiavelli's his greatest album, All Eyes on Me is greatest album. And that's what those are the people I know has not, they have not been down with Pac from day one. Pac's greatest album is Me Against the World. I said it and I ain't taking it the fuck back. It was his most introspective. It was the one that he was at, cause he knew where his ass could end up. What came out of Clinton Correctional Facility that Tupac had to live up to the thug mentality. That false bravado that a whole lot of black men have to put on for whatever reason. And make no mistake about it, that false bravado got him killed. Pac was not in a gang. He took on some gang shit and he died for it. But even then when Mike Tyson had his 
allegation. Black men were like, Mike Tyson wouldn't have done this. Black women is like, Mike Tyson's an animal. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. You, uh, uh, what is it? I don't even know how to really fucking say it. Dog. Every skirmish is a reason to go back to pulling chunks out of each other. Every skirmish. So to end this first part, we need to understand that yes, there is an uncivil civil war going on between black men and black women. It has been going on longer than I can remember. I don't know where it started. I don't know how, I don't know who threw the first shot, but it's there. It is there. So what I'm gonna do in this second half is do my damnedest to try to fix it. Now again, I ain't no damn miracle worker. I'm not gonna fucking sit up and lie and say that I am. I probably don't have all the answers. I'm probably one of the last people to even fucking try to get the answers, but I'm gonna do my best to figure this one out. So you will get one ad in this whole thing, which will be going right after this. And then when I come back, we will talk about fixing this undeclared, uncivil, civil war. Back in a minute. Hey, y'all, this is Thomas the Villain Bishop, um, host of the Enemy of the State podcast and all-around TikTok flamethrower. I thank you guys so much for following me in this journey as far as you have. If you would like to support me financially, I also have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash Thomas the Villain Bishop. If you can donate what you can, I greatly appreciate anything that you'll be able to give and just know that it is going to a worthy cause, keeping the Villains Guild afloat and making sure that I'm able to bring you quality podcasts and things of that nature. So look up patreon.com slash Thomas the Villain Bishop. Thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. So <clears throat> I am back. So we have talked about what got us here. We have talked about the battlefield as it sits right now. We've talked about, at least in my lifetime, the things that I have seen that have escalated this war, created the distrust and disbelief that happens within some black men, some black women. So I want to tell you one of the most beautiful things that I've ever seen. I saw a black couple, young black man, young black woman. I don't know if it was the first date, 50th date, don't know. I know they were younger than me. 
We're walking in the plaza in Kansas City. I was on my way to therapy, stopped at a stoplight, you know. And they were holding hands, they were laughing. Whatever she said, he was cracking up. She, he was cracking up. Like he was holding his stomach, he was laughing so hard. And she just, whatever it was, and I didn't try to stop it, you know. Hey, what are you laughing about? No, I didn't, I didn't do anything like that. So I just watched him laugh at her, but he never let go of her hand. Not once. They laughed and laughed. Just a couple of people in love. The very first thing I want to remind Black women and Black men is this. We have joy in our hearts. There is so much joy. Despite what a lot of people might believe about the inner city, it has joy in it. There's a jo there is joy in it. You, when the ice cream man comes around, you hear that ice cream man bell or the music or whatever? See a bunch of kids crowd out in front of the ice cream man. They got quarters and dollars and stuff like that. And they buy any stuff. Mom, you know, go bring me sure you make sure you give me this, this, and this. Kid goes off, gets it, brings it back. Those are the stories and the days and the things that I remember growing up as a young black man. I remember that joy. When black people are at our absolute best, we are unfucking touchable. Untouchable. When you see black women in a hair salon and you have the stylist, a black woman, she's styling their hair and whatever style your sisters want, and they're talking back and forth, you know. Um, not so much gossip, but they're talking about things. And you see the pride and the laughter in those situations. And it just does something to you. Does something to your heart, to your soul. You see black men playing basketball, you know, good friends, what have you. You see the athleticism, though. The, the, the physical form and things of that nature. Brothers out there just practicing them shots. You see the love. Even though society has labeled these places, these spaces, these things, and they've tried to negative, they have tried to negatively labeled them these things. You see the people thriving in that. Those are the moments that you forget that there's a civil war going on. Those are the moments that you forget that somewhere some black man is calling a black woman a bitch. Somewhere a black, somewhere a black woman is calling a black man a dog. You forget those things. 
You ever seen a black church on a Sunday? Now, mind you, I don't believe in God or any of that. I'm an atheist. But I used to love watching black folks up there just, when they start singing, oh, they get the movement going and the choir director is just hands moving. You see, you hear these voices singing. See the preacher tap, tapping his foot, you know, just loving that power, that moment where voices are gathered together. You don't have to believe in God to appreciate that. That's that unity. That one voice. Been to black weddings. Romance. Beauty. You see some brothers breaking down. When they see their bride, mm, they break down. They are not for the games, boy. That On that day, mm, the tears is flowing. I have seen black women at their most powerful, at their strongest, at their zenith. And I have had something in my heart to swell, my heart swells. I've seen black men, I, was ne I never joined a fraternity, never really wanted to. But I saw black men, you know, the stepbrothers, you know, we're on the step team. Everybody remember school days. Remember those guys, G5G, that's what you want to be. So I remember watching those, when those brothers start doing that step, the sisters start doing that step. It is amazing. When you see black love, it is amazing. It is so amazing. These are the things that I hope like hell we don't forget. I really do. Because the 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 uh the war is always gonna be there. That's always going to be there. One of the reasons I think the war is always going to be there is because we stop looking at the collective and we only see individuality. The same bullets that killed Sandra Bland, not Sandra Bland, excuse me, Breonna Taylor, they killed Alton Sterling. The same people who use black men use black women. There is so many people who discount our abilities, our strength, our smarts, our intelligence, our beauty is taken. Our swagger is mimicked. Our style ripped off 
We have an entire world, an entire, entire ecosystem who either sees us as threats or diamonds in the rough. They come to the diamond mine, they steal and take whatever they want, and then they put them in nice little fancy 10 karat platinum gold settings to show off to the world. But we are the mine from which they got those diamonds from. We are so much stronger when we think of that collective. Now, again, I've already said that I am married to a white woman. That is in no way, shape, form, or fashion a reflection on how I feel about black women. I just so happen to fall in love with a woman who just so happened to be white. But when I, when I see that pride that black women have, I can't do nothing but marvel at that. Like, it's like looking at, it's almost like looking at um, an art, a piece of art. Like the colors on the canvas are so bright. The brightest blues, the brightest reds, the brightest yellows, the darkest darks coffee browns, the earth tones. How could you hate that? How could you look at that and hate that? Look at the swagger and the style that black men have. Put us in a suit, we're better than anybody in a suit. Put us in a pair of blue jeans and a shirt, we will rock the dog shit out of that. Our natural complexions from light bright, what would they call it? Light bright, damn near white, to shadow black. We make it look good. Always have. It's funny. I used to listen to people talk about how bad it is in the hood, people selling drugs on this and that. And, the third. and I always thought, do you know that some of the greatest mathematicians are drug dealers? It's true. It is true. They can do math on a level a lot of mathematicians would be marveled at. Imagine if instead of rocking up kilos, they were putting widgets together for the space shuttle and they could do it because all it is is math. When people were calling big booties and big lips and big uh, uh, breasts, they were calling that ghetto. It was only because they were gonna steal it later on anyway. Don't think we don't notice. They were gonna steal it anyway. And, and we are the wellspring that comes from. Our problem is we can't see it in each other. We can't see that in each other. I've said all along, I am Black Lives Matter. There is no accepts in my mouth. So that means Black trans, Black gays, Black lesbians, Black non-binaries. 
your life matters. The fuck are we talking about? Fuck are we talking about? I remember somebody writing, I'm rooting for everybody black. It's true. It's true. I am rooting for them. Now, there are some who I don't want shit to do with. Those are the sellouts I was telling you about earlier on, or what I like to call the Coonesians. Because it, to them, they have found that their individuality works really well in a predominantly white setting. It is the reason a person like Candace Owens, a woman like Candace Owens, every single time a Black person is a victim of, of police brutality or police misconduct or murder at the hands of police, she roots with the cop over the person who's killed. So to Candace Owens, I got nothing for you. Nothing. You could be my sister, but be over there. We got to ever talk. Stay over there. But I, I'll never forget that. When I got it, I got to get that on a plaque or something. I'm rooting for everybody black. You know, we marvel at how Barack Obama was the first black president, which made his wife, Michelle Obama, the first black first lady. So you have equal abilities. You have equal achievements because the Obamas don't play this she's a bitch, you a dog, uh-uh, uh-uh. With Barack and Michelle, it is a team. They are raising two beautiful daughters as a team. You can't say nothing about that black woman to that black man. You cannot say anything about that black man to that black woman. That is a united front. You ain't gotta like his policies. I always looked at him as a centrist Democrat. You know, the, 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 Bill Clinton level of, of, of Democratic uh, president. But I'm not about to sit here and not marvel at the achievement that this man has done. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You have to marvel at it. And that means you marvel at him and her because without her, he would not have even been able to run. They are a team best of us that is us 24 7 like sure you're going to have a lot of black men who are too comfortable talking shit about black women you're gonna have it i get it i get it you're gonna have too many black women who are too comfortable with talking shit about black men again i understand there's pain within the ranks, but that does not mean that together we are not still a powerful force. I said all along, date who the fuck you want, shut the fuck up. Katanji, Brax Katanji Brown Jackson, our next Supreme Court justice, first black woman in American history, has a white husband. But her blackness is not defined by that. And black people are rooting for her. Black men are rooting for her. Black women are rooting for her. 
the same way we rooted for Barack and Michelle. We never just rooted for Barack Obama. No, we rooted for Barack and Michelle. Because we knew when he goes, so does she. She wasn't just his wife. That was his partner. Black love done correctly is a beautiful thing. So how do we get past the war? The first way we get past the war is to realize that the war is there. To realize that in a world where everybody miss, uh, you know, underestimates us, and we live in that world, the last motherfuckers we need to be underestimating is each other. I am not of the, of the belief that because I was born a man, I can somehow lead everything because of that. Fuck that shit. If there's a sister that knows better, I'm following her ass. My ego doesn't have to be involved in that shit. It truly don't. It don't. It's okay. Even with having the wife that I have, and I love her more than you will ever understand, but that does not stop me from rooting for black women. Standing up. I will always say Viola Davis is the finest black woman I've ever seen. Always. She is my go-to. She is my go-to. And with that, I also say that you, if you, when you're in the family, when you're part of this, you are part of this. So I don't do the biracial in it. No. Because somewhere in your bloodline, the struggle is in you, which means you are one of us. So I'm rooting for your ass too. I don't get jealous when I see a black man that has more than me. I don't. Celebrate that. I celebrate that. I love seeing black brothers coming out. I love seeing brothers coming out with doctorates. Dr. So-and-so. Professor so I love that shit. Love it. I love it when black women do it. Dr. So-and-so. Shit. I can't do number. I can't do nothing but clap. That gives me a sense of pride. I've always said I don't make enemies, or I don't. I try not to, but I have them, and the ones that I have, I've earned. Because I'd be damned if I'm gonna stand back off of what I believe. However, that does not mean that I every black man and every black woman is my enemy. No. They're not. That's family. Even if you don't realize it, we family. Our roots in the soil start in the same place. If you are a black person born in America, your roots start in the same place. We all, our ancestors, came to this place to be overworked, underappreciated, things of that. So the fact that we collectively succeed 
when one of us succeeds stays in my mind because we are talking about human beings. Black men and black women are not monoliths. We are conservative, we're liberal, we're gay, we're straight, we're Christian, we're, we're, we're Muslim, we're, we're, we're atheist, we're Jewish, we're rich, poor, funny and unfunny, gangster and gentleman. We are multifaceted. So why, when we live with so much multifaceted energy, do we restrict it to simply our individual pursuit? I don't have to, I didn't get an Obama check. Got a black president and I got an Obama check because for me, it was never about that. And it never will be. It never will be. There has to be respect though. This is where, when it comes to the slap, I said the joke was wrong. You want to joke on a sister. You don't go after her hair. You remember the rules. You don't do that. And you do not put your hands on a sister or a brother for that matter. I know in this capitalist dog eat dog world, we have to believe that everybody that's getting it ain't, that means I'm not getting it. Bullshit. They didn't stop making money when they made yours or mine. They didn't stop. They didn't. So there's money out there. Money will always be out there. Still doesn't stop me from rooting for you to get yours. I might not like you. I might not want you to get money over here. You can get money over there. That's fine. Doesn't mean I don't want you to eat. It takes zero effort to see black men as black men succeeding. It takes zero effort to see black women as black women succeeding. It takes zero effort to remember that we all are in this struggle together. We all are. I don't have to be in the circle you run in to root for you and that circle to win. Your winning isn't going to stop me from winning. It's not. Your winning is not going to stop me from doing what I want to do. A black woman being happy is not uh, a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a, um, it's not going to stop me from being happy. I don't have to be with you. I can respect the, hu the hustle though. I damn sure can. I can respect the hustle. Because that's what I'm supposed to do. We live in a world that does not really appreciate us. It just doesn't. In no way, shape, form, or fashion does the world appreciate us. 
They appreciate what we can do, but not who we are. And as long as we're looking at each other through the same kilted lens that the world sees us, the war will always be there. It takes zero effort to love and protect Black women. It should be as easy as air because we all came from Black women. It takes zero effort to love and affirm Black men because a Black man helped to create us. There are some Black men and Black women who are unworthy of standing next to our melanin. They are unworthy of it. Make no fucking mistake about it. They're out there. You will know them by their fruits. You will know them by their fruits. You know the predators that come through in our community. You know who they are. You know who the fuck they are. Their struggles are always going to be individual because they only see the world in terms of what's in it for me. I have had my moments like that. Not gonna sit up and lie and say, yeah, I've never, nope. Back in my black militant days, I still was like that. But I grew up, I grew older and I learned. And that learning, that curve, allowed me to see more than simply the struggles that I had to have. Because they were there. The struggles were there. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not. Plenty of night I cried. Plenty of night. But then I end up having to wipe my eyes off, you know, wipe my eyes off because, you know, black men don't, we don't cry. We got to be strong. Not really. If anybody should understand why a black man is vulnerable, it should be a black woman. Regardless of whether, you could date all the other women you want. All of them. But a black woman is going to understand your pain. You don't have to be in a romantic sexual relationship with her to under, have her understand it. But a black woman is going to understand your pain. You know why? Because she shares it. She shares it. Our common humanity is the thing that black men and black women have to remember. No matter where our station in life, our common humanity is always going to be synonymous it's going to be together we cannot be so focused on the struggle that we forget that we are not in this bitch by our goddamn selves sisters i've had black women offer to help me offered to to uh be there for me to listen to me and i've appreciated it i have offered 
to be a shoulder to cry on, to be an advocate, to be somebody that they can just be themselves with, to Black women. And it has been the greatest honor of my life. My life. I'm rooting for everybody that's Black. I don't care. I think it was Tiffany Haddish who said that. I forgot who it was. But somebody said, I'm rooting for everybody who's Black. And that's, that's a mentality. That is something you should keep to with you. Even it ain't got to be an award show or an NBA championship or nothing like that. It could simply be I am rooting for everybody black to go to work and not fuck up somebody. For us to be continually making our money and being happy making. I'm rooting for that. I'm rooting for everybody who's black to get the mental, spiritual nourishment that they need. These are you can make these the tenets of supporting and loving black. You want to get into the semantics? Okay. There should be a hell of a lot more respect from black men towards black women. There. There's the first part. Black women should not always have to be in the Hulk buster armor when it comes to black men. And black men should be okay with showing those emotions to black women. Who else is going to understand it the way they do? Who? Who's going to understand? So there's your first tenet. I'm rooting for everybody who's black to have the life they want. No sweat off my nose. No sweat off my nose. It's not going to take a dollar out of my pocket because you put two in yours. When you see a black man as a black woman, you don't got to run up on him like, hey, what's going on? But you can look at him. And inside your head and inside your heart, you say, I'm rooting for that man to succeed. You can be a black man and see a black woman. You got to date her, ain't got to try to fuck her, none of the other shit, but you can look at her and say, I am rooting for that sister to succeed. Remembering our common ancestry, remembering our common struggle. You can't be the sort of person that looks for black liberation and then wonder who's supposed to lead it. No, fuck who's leading it. Are we getting it? That's the question. I don't give a fuck who leads. Are we getting it? Is it going to happen? Are we going to succeed? Black liberation comes. The day of black liberation comes. Reparations are paid. America accepts its, its, its hand in history. It gives a formal apology to every single descendant of slaves in America. And all of a sudden, we're supposed to get mad because this person was the one that started the fire? Fuck that. The end result's still the same. Black liberation. We here. Boom. We got it. It's right there. It is our shit. We got it. And that requires you to do nothing else but think it. You don't have to make no damn grand declaration. No. You just simply have to wish and think it. Every single time I go someplace, buying something, some coffee, or food or whatever, 
There's a black woman behind the counter, black man behind the counter. I give him some encouragement. Keep your head, brother. Stay strong, stay beautiful, sister. Cost me nothing. Cost me nothing. Doesn't, I, I didn't betray all of a sudden, betray my white wife. No, I didn't do nothing like that. I simply wished for them to succeed. That's all I did. All I did. All I was required to do. Now, who knows? Out of the fucking hundreds of times I've said that, who knows whether or not that was the, the catalyst to get that brother or sister over the fucking hump? Who knows? That might have been the one thing they needed to hear to, you know what? He's right. I'm going to go and do that invention I was going to do today. Or you're right. I'm going to finally go to college because that sounds like a good idea. We have enough enemies surrounding us as it is. We have enough. But our thoughts have to start there. When we talk about things like respect, we have to see our common struggle in order to respect the fact that we have gone past it. That thinking is what starts it. And it cost you absolutely nothing. It is as simple as breathing. To see a sister is to see the woman that is your mom. The woman that is your blood relative. You root for that. You root for that. You want to talk about some anonymous bitch or hoe? Don't have black women in your damn videos. You can CGI a bunch of fucking mannequins in your shit. You don't take the, the mentality of a song and then put it in your regular life. You don't. You don't practice homophobia. You don't practice sexism. You don't practice misogyny or misogynoir. You don't practice those things. Because you don't have to. Do you have to love every single black woman? No. But you can root for them. I'm rooting for everybody who's black. You can do that. You can do that. And when you do things like that, disrespect takes care of itself. It is not a hill you have to die on. It will take care of itself. Because the more you do it, the less you find yourself looking at these people as the opposition. And there's a whole lot of guys that are going to say, man, that's some pussy whip shit. That sounds sippish. The Kevin Samuels school of guys. But here's the funny thing. Here's the absolute ha-ha funny thing about that. Does anybody realize that Kevin Samuels has dated black women? So what is he really selling to you? When he talks shit about black women, 
he's still trying to date them. Because if Kevin Samuels was dating white women and doing this bullshit, he would be a hypocrite. Because everything you can find in a black community, everything you can, bad you can say about black women, you can find in every demographic of woman. So is he really not out here dating women, black women? Get the fuck out of here. Come on. Come on. All those relationship gurus that are always trying to give men advice on how to handle women, they're being general. They're not talking specifics. The motherfuckers that are talking specifics, you will know them by their fucking fruits. You will not have to ask yourself, is he talking about black women? You will know they are. They're all through social media. Some fucking greasy muffler sucking motherfucker on TikTok uh, is going in on black women or this, that, and the third. You know him. You ain't got to ask. That's the motherfucker you avoid. That's energy you do not need. It's never respect. We always talk about don't disrespect me. Respect. You better respect who I am. Respect I'm a man. Those are fucking constructs we build up on ourselves because we know deep down inside we think we are not those things. If a man, if I'm in a club, guy steps on my shoes. I got to think. Can I get in his face and talk about disrespecting me? Or can I just go, oh, excuse me. It's a pair of shoes. I give a fuck. It's not worth more. It's not worth more than my, my, my ability to be able to go home and hug my daughter or be able to go home and hug my niece or be able to go home and kiss my wife in the mouth or play with my dogs. I ain't going there. If I think like that, when it comes to something like a conflict between a man over something as minor as stepping on shoes, the same thing can apply when it comes to talking about black women. What good am I going, what, what am I going to do by calling that black woman a bitch? or disrespecting an entire demographic of women based on all the one or two bad dates that I have. And this is not just for black men. Black women are the, you can think this exact same fucking thing. There are some quality black men out there. Absolute quality. You know the dog shit. You ain't got to ask. You know. You see them. They make themselves quite apparent. And again, it requires you to do absolutely nothing other than be yourself. See the black woman that you about ready to disrespect as your sister. Don't just call her a black woman. That's your sister. See the black man who you're about to just label as a dog as your brother. Because again, we have shared experiences, both good and bad. And that shared, that, that shared natural, natural line should connect us all regardless of where we're sitting at in life.
I have absolutely, I probably have a lot more in common with Denzel Washington than I think. But I know I ain't got Denzel money. But I'm not about to sit there and hate Denzel Washington or his wife, Paula, well, Paula Washington, I guess. Yeah, Paula Washington. Uh, Paulette, excuse me. I'm not going to hate that woman. I don't know her. But if I say all black bitches ain't shit, I'm talking about her. I'll bring it a little bit closer. I'll bring it away from Denzel Washington. My sister, my oldest sister is a black woman. Her husband is a black man. They have a partnership. That partnership created my niece, Temple graduate. My niece, a black woman in this world. So why in the fuck am I going all black bitches? That's my niece. That's my sister. That's a shared family lineage. That's blood. I look at that throughout the entirety of the African-American experience, the black diaspora in this country. I don't have to like you. I don't got to sit at the table with you, but I can see you and say, I'm rooting for you. Silently, quietly, maybe to myself. I am rooting for you. Your success does not, it doesn't harm me. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hinder me. The uncivil civil war between black men and black women comes from a lack of communication, a lack of shared understanding, a lack of realizing that we both have this shared experience. We both live in this world where don't nobody really like us. All we got is us because the world will come to us to take from us. So why are we divided between us and wishing for us to be harmed by us? Why would we want to do that? Why would we ever want to stop ourselves from success. And when you have conflicts like what happened on Sunday, let's say that was a microcosm for the, the civil war. That's when number one, you remember that that sister is your sister. So whatever you were about to say in the teleprompter, that gotta go. It's got to go. Or if you're going to make the joke, you're going to make it. Hey, got this joke in here. I just want to make sure, you know. Oh, well, you know, I got that. Oh, well, see, I didn't even know that. We'll go ahead and scratch it out. Or the joke is made. Rather than going to your brother with fighting, go up to him, whisper in the ear. 
Oh, I know. My bad. The joke is made, but you know it didn't wasn't made out of uh, out of malicious intent. First thing out of the mouth out of the mouth was, "Hey, love you." Commercial break. Hey, did you know she had a bottle? Of no, I didn't know. Let me go in here and apologize. Hey, look, I'm sorry. You still my sister. Love you. And even with the way it was handled today, even the way it was handled, we still have to remember that on both sides of that, our brothers and sisters, there was no malicious intent. The action itself was malicious, but it did not come from a place of malice. It was a misunderstanding that was gone that had gone too far. To say that you love, protect, and defend black women should go without saying. And the way you show that is by making sure that she knows it. Total complete stranger. Don't be the, the cat call whistling lady, what's up your number sort of person. Those people are out there. They're already out there. Sorry, we don't need any more. But something as simple as saying, good luck, sister. Or stopping the cat callers when they happen. Long, she might have been walking down the street because she got to deal with that shit. Stand up for her. Hey, fuck you doing? Keep your mouth closed, dog. My sister walking past. Oh, this your real sister? It's my sister. Did I fucking just say that? Ladies. Black ladies. Black women. Sisters. You see a brother out there being mistreated because black women are the first ones on the front line every time a black body is taken from us via the police. First ones. They're always there. Because they see that brother that fell is their brother. But when you see a brother struggling, even if you don't know, let them know. Fix your crown, King. You got this. That's all it takes. That tad bit of encouragement. You'll know the ones that don't want to hear it. You'll know them. They make no secret of this. It's not a shock. Not your damn brother. Saw a video from a dude the other day when he talked about somebody being pro-black. He doesn't believe in pro-blackness. I don't care. Guess what? He's still my brother. We ain't got to sit and eat at the same fucking table. He can have the beliefs that he has. I have the beliefs that I have. I am not going to stop that man from believing what he believes. He better not try to stop me for what I believe. But even in the midst of that, I don't have to look at him as an enemy until he makes himself one. If he don't make one, I'm not going to make one. We cool. You over there, I'm over here. And even in that, even in that, political beliefs might be completely fucking different than mine. He is so not on pro-blackness. I am pro-blackness 24-7. What I say, I am rooting for everyone who's black. 
I hope you're the best version of yourself, brother. Keep it moving. Keep it fucking moving. You respect my grind, I respect yours. And that goes for black women as well. You stop the civil war by not fighting that motherfucker. You want to talk about some anonymous bitch? Okay. Whatever. First Amendment, free speech, whatever. But understand, every black woman is not your bitch. So you make damn sure you do a course correction before your motherfucking ass says something. You make goddamn sure that happens. Make sure you get your shit together before you bring your ass to a black woman. You believe all black men ain't shit. That is your belief. First Amendment, free speech, freedom of th thought process, whatever. But you know there's some black men out there that are worth it. So you make damn sure you let them know. Even if it's no more than you seeing them struggle, seeing them grind, seeing them hustle, and you just say, I'm rooting for you. You ain't got to tell them, but you put it in your head that you are. You don't have to be a black man that walks up and kisses a black woman's ass. It's unnecessary. But you can, to yourself, just by seeing them, say to yourself, I'm rooting for you, sister. And keep it moving. Keep it moving. When you have interactions between black men and black women, make sure you understand that sitting in front of you is kinfolk. They might not act like it. They might have a different belief than you do. But if they come to you as respectful, you go to them as respectful, that is kinfolk. You know what? Shake their hand. Rooting for you. Hey, sister. I'm rooting for you. Everything else out that at is simply window dressing. Go and have the argument about politics. Everybody else in America does. Doesn't mean we can't. But before you start that argument, I'm rooting for you. Sit. We should make that the universal greeting amongst black men and black women. I'm rooting for you. And keep it moving. You're going to disagree. We're humans. That's what humans do. Disagreement does not mean you have to be disagreeable. What did Martin Luther King say? We are not enemies, but friends. And that's exactly what we are. Black women are not my enemy. They never will be. I will have problems with some individual black women. I have some now. But I'm not about to paint the whole entirety of black womanhood with a brush that I made from them. I'm not going to do it. I'm rooting for you. I would hope that black women see me. They don't have to agree with me. I am not asking them to. And I'm going to defend my shit, be it verbally or physically, if I fucking have to. I don't hit women. Don't. But I would hope any black woman that sees me, even if they disagree with me, they just say a solid thing just to themselves. I'm rooting for you.
Because even if you disagree, you don't want to see me fail. Just like, even if I disagree, I don't want to see you fail. Your melanin shining means my melanin can shine. My melanin shining means your melanin can shine. It takes absolutely no fucking effort to say, hey, 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 you ain't gonna disrespect that sister over here. You're not gonna do that. There are ways to do it that don't require us to be violent. At all. You can stop a conversation and there ain't gotta be a black woman around. I've done that. I've done that. Hey, 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 uh, don't do that. Don't do that. That's my secret, it, you know, out loud to them, but secretly to, to, to black women, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for everybody who's black. So to wrap this up, the civil war has been around. The uncivil civil war between black men and black women have been around for years now. Society changed. Our situations changed. Our attitudes changed. We changed. And therefore, we grew distant. But we are all family at the end of the day. There isn't anything stopping us from remembering that. Yes, you will find some disrespectful black men. You will find some disrespectful black women because we are human after all. But when you see the joy within our communities, that is to be celebrated. You hear a group of school children singing, lift every voice and sing. That is to be celebrated. That is us being the best versions of us. It does not require us to hate each other. So I started this show off talking about a black man a black millionaire slapping another black millionaire while a black million millionaire s watched i see the flaws throughout the entire situation there were no victors in that we are fighting against toxic masculinity and all phases making a piss poor joke about a black woman or being a black man who reacts on that piss poor joke with violence. It is all toxic masculinity. All of it. But one thing we should all remember is that we can stop the uncivil civil war anytime we want. We could end it tomorrow by simply remembering that we are fundamentally family. Our stories start in the same place. It's like Abraham is the father of Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. 
So when I hear Muslims being mad at Christians, Christians trying to talk bad about Jews, Jews being mad at Muslims, Muslims being mad at Jews, I find it fucking hilarious considering the fact all three of you started from the same place, supposedly. That is black folk. That is us. Our stories all started the same. From the very rich and the very powerful, the very good looking, the very athletic, the shit talkers, the shit walkers, the most depressed, the most high strung, the black goth, the black gay, the black trans. Our history started in the same struggle. And as long as the world is looking to take from us or hate us from what they cannot take from us, the last fucking thing in the world we have time, energy, or fucking opportunity to do is to hate each other. The uncivil civil war could end tomorrow if we all collectively remembered one fucking thing. I'm rooting for everyone black. I said what I said, and I ain't taking it the fuck back. So that's the end of the show. Um, I just want y'all to know I love you. I thank you so much for listening. I absolutely don't. And Let's see what the fuck we can get into next week. I'm just going to keep it open like that. I might even have a guest or two. Who the fuck knows? For Ghost Claw Productions and Anchor.fm, this is Thomas Bishop. I am the villain. And you have been listening to another riveting episode of Enemy of the State. I will talk to you next week. Peace.